It was 25 years ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. When I got up from my pew, the invitation song, and walked down the aisle, I was a little guy, and that aisle seemed twice as long as it ever had before. And I looked at the preacher who was waiting there for me to respond, knowing I was going to respond because I had been at his house the night before. My parents had taken me over to his house to try to talk me out of being baptized. They thought I was too young. That was the first time I learned that it's in a preacher's job description to try to talk people out of being baptized. But <laughs> And so uh, he, they had taken me over there, but uh, there was no dissuading me. I knew what I wanted to do. I remember as I walked down that aisle, I remember the prayer that I prayed, scared but committed and dedicated to what I was about to do and the journey on which I was about to embark. I remember the way the water felt when I went down in it. I remember coming up, not only out of the water, but walking down the stairs and a group of young people were standing there in a circle singing a song, ready to embrace me as their new brother in Jesus. Do you remember that day when you put Jesus on in baptism, if indeed you've made that choice? Maybe you haven't made that choice yet. I hope that if you haven't, that this series will be one in which you reflect on the decision that maybe, hopefully, perhaps you might make someday soon, or if you have made that choice. I hope that you'll think back to your baptism and what it means. What does it mean to be a baptized person? What is baptism? I'm afraid that we tend to think of baptism like buying a life insurance policy. We buy a life insurance policy, we do it, and then we kind of forget about it, right? We do it just in case something bad happens. We do it to cover us in case we die. That's a bad way of thinking about baptism. Baptism isn't something that we do just to cover us in case we die. Baptism isn't just about where we go when we die, baptism is about what we do while we're alive as well. How does your baptism shape your life? How should it shape your life? When the New Testament talks about baptism, most of the time it's talking to baptized people. It's not talking to people that haven't yet made that decision. It's reminding people that have made that decision who they are. And what they've done, and more specifically, what God has done for them. And how, as a consequence, how they should be living their lives. So in this series this month, I want to consider some texts that the apostles, the ambassadors of Jesus, wrote to Christian people to remind them of their baptism, so that we will reflect on our baptism, and more specifically, we will reflect on our life. And consider our life in light of our baptism. The first text we're going to look at this morning is Romans chapter 6. That was just read for us. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? Now Paul's been talking throughout this letter about grace and about how salvation is a gift from God and that it's bestowed on those who give their allegiance to, I like putting it that way, put their faith in Jesus the Christ, meaning Jesus the anointed one, Jesus the King. 
So when you put your faith in Jesus, whether you're Jew or you're a Gentile, apart from the law, having nothing to do with the law of Moses other than the law of Moses pointing forward to Jesus coming to give salvation, to give a right relationship to justify people by His grace as a gift. And see, what happened then is the same thing that happens now, is that when you start talking a lot about grace, and you talk about how God forgives people, and how God gives salvation as a gift, well then people start saying, wait a second, wait wait a second, preacher. Now, are you saying that it doesn't matter how we live? Are you saying that it doesn't make any difference how we live? Are you saying that a person can just keep on sinning, just continue in sin? If we're saved by grace, is that what you're saying? And a lot of people, it seems, accused Paul of preaching that. And so Paul asked the question rhetorically, shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? And of course, he answers it in the next verse, verse 2, by no means. No, 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 no. That's, of course, not what I'm preaching. He says, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Now, there's a couple interesting phrases, isn't there? Live in it, meaning what? Live in sin. What does it mean to live in sin? It's funny that this came up in this text. It's come up a couple times in the last few weeks. What does that phrase mean, live in sin? Well, I, I was kind of... I, it was kind of interesting to me this week to go back and read chapters 5 and chapter 6 of Romans here and really pay attention to the argument that Paul is making. And a word came up that I, I don't guess I paid much attention to before. And the word that keeps coming up, and I, I encourage you to do this, go read Roman, read the whole book. You know how much I like reading old books. but Read chapters 5 and 6 and pay attention to how many times he uses the word rain. Rain, not the rain that comes down out of the sky, but rain like a king reigns and rules. And it's like Paul is talking about there's two different kingdoms that you can live in. There is the kingdom on one side of sin. And it's almost as if sin is not just an act that you do, not just being rebellious to God, but it's as if sin itself is personified as a king. And because mankind, humankind, both Jew and Gentile, has chosen the way of rebellion, has chosen to obey this ruler of sin, we've all come under the reign of sin. And the consequence of doing so is condemnation, is death. It's slavery. It's almost like, it's almost like the Israelites were in Egypt. Do you remember? It's almost as if Pharaoh is sin. And humankind, not just the Jews, but all humans, Jews and Gentiles, have become in bondage, in chains to the reign of sin. And sin has spread to all mankind, and the consequence is death. So there is the kingdom of sin and death. And everybody, everybody, is in bondage. And the only way out is death. And even in that, when you die under condemnation, you stay under condemnation. And so Paul says, how can we live in it? That, that, that's what it is. It's to remain under 
the slavery and the bondage to sin, to continue obeying that slave master, that ruler, that king, which is rebellion against God. It is sin. But he says, we died to sin. What does that mean? How do you die to sin? Look at the next phrase, verse 3. Do you not know? In other words, you do know this, right? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Do you see? You see that that under this bondage, knowing that we have a life sentence, that the only way to be finished with our bondage to sin is to be dead forever. But Jesus, the perfect one who wasn't in bondage to sin, came in human flesh and offered up his innocent life. He died. And Paul says, here's what your baptism is. Your baptism is a death with him. It is you participating in his death. It is you dying to that kingdom and coming out of that kingdom into this other kingdom. This kingdom of life. This kingdom of justification. This kingdom of grace. Right? So there is on the one side the kingdom of sin and death. And on the other side, life and grace. And you came out of the kingdom of sin and death by being buried with Jesus, by dying, by participating in His death. And when you were baptized into Christ, you participated in death so that you could be raised up and walk in newness of life. Do do you see? So Paul is saying your baptism has everything to do, not with just where you're going when you die or what happens after you die, but it has everything to do with how you live your life right now. Are you going to continue to live as if you're a slave of sin? Or will you live out the fact that you've participated in death? You've already died so that you don't have to die forever. You've already participated in the death of Jesus so that you could be raised up to walk in newness of life as a different kind of human being. You see, we we say that all the time about sin, don't we? Well, I'm only what? I'm only human, right? I'm only human. I'm only human. No, 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 wait. Do you not know? Do you not know that you who've been baptized, you've participated in death and you've been raised to walk in newness of life? You're a different kind of human. A different kind of human. A human who is no longer living under the reign and the rule of sin and death. So this question, do we just go on sinning? Does it matter how we live? Of course it matters how we live. You're a person who has come through death to the other side and been raised up to walk in the kingdom of grace and life and being justified by the blood of Jesus to be in a right relationship with God. Why would you live as if you were still under the reign of sin and death? Look at verse 5. 
For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Now that's future tense, right? That's what's coming. And our baptism has everything to do with that as well, doesn't it? Because it says that when I die physically, that, that death won't have any hold on me. Why? Because I participated in the death of Jesus. And so just like Jesus was resurrected, I'll be resurrected. First Corinthians chapter 15, and I'll have a glorious, immortal, imperishable body, just like Jesus. Because what was true about Jesus has become true about me. And true about you. Why? Because we've participated in Jesus' death and Jesus' burial in our baptism. And we've come out of the reign and the kingdom of sin and death. And we've come into the kingdom and under the reign of grace and life and righteousness. Verse 6. We know that our old self, anthropos, that's the Greek word. I know you don't care, but anthropos. Man, your old self, your old Humanity. Our old self, we know that our old self, our old humanity, our old man, our old woman, our old way of being was crucified with Him. Our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now that's good news, isn't it, church? Not just about where I'm going to go when I die, but now, right now, right this moment, right this moment, I am no longer a slave to sin. Why? Because I participated in the death, and the burial of Jesus, so that I could walk in newness of life. And if you are a baptized person, then that's true of you as well. Verse 7, For one who has died has been set free from sin. It no longer has a claim on us. Sin no longer has a claim on us. Why? Because we've already died. And so it no longer has a claim on us. We're no longer, Paul puts it in Romans 8 and verse 1, under condemnation. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. When you sin, you participate in the ways of Adam, you become a slave, and the chains are put on your wrists, and you're under condemnation, and it says you must die. You must die condemned. And in Jesus, we're given an opportunity to die with Him. Die a death of condemnation. Be crucified with Jesus. And then to be raised up. To live as a different kind of human being. A human being that death and sin have no more claim on us. We're done with it. And so Paul says, should that translate into the way you live your life? Absolutely it should. It should translate into the way you live your life, into every decision that you make, in the movies that you watch, in the words that come out of your mouth, in the things you do and the things you refuse to do. This fact, I am no longer a slave to sin. It changes everything. Jesus has given us permission and the freedom to live as a new kind of human being. Our old anthropos, 
Our old anthropology, our old humanity has been crucified so that the body of sin would be brought to nothing and that sin and death would have no more claim on us. That is the good news. Look at verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, if we've died with Christ, if we've participated, and again, I mean, that's why baptism is so much more than just getting wet, isn't it? It's so much more than just the water. It's about what's going on in baptism. I realize that there may be some that my mom was one of those. I don't think she'd mind me telling you. I think when she was a teenager, she saw everybody else taking a bit of the cracker and drinking a bit of the juice. And she thought, that looks great. I, I want to be one of those. I want to be able to take the communion or I want to participate. I want to be a part of that. And she, she got dunked because she wanted to be a part of that. But this sort of thing, this sort of, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be one of Jesus' people. I want to die to my old humanity and be raised up to walk in newness of life. That wasn't really going on in her mind. And so she decided later on, you know what? Now that I know who Jesus is and I know what it is to put off the old person and to walk with Christ, that's what I want to participate in. And we've all kind of got to look back at our baptism and and ask those hard questions, don't we? But it's so much more than just getting wet or going through a ceremony. It's dying with Jesus. And Paul says, now if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. And we've begun to live that out even now, haven't we? That's what it is to walk in newness of life. We've come into this kingdom of grace where there is no condemnation and life where there is no death and death has no claim on us. And even though, as Jesus says, we die, yet shall we live. We'll be resurrected with a resurrection like His. We've come into this kingdom and we've begun to live out the reality. I don't belong to that old kingdom anymore. I don't belong to that old human species anymore. I've become a new kind of human being. And sometimes that old humanity still rears its ugly head, doesn't it? Much more than we would like to admit. But we can tell that old humanity every time it rears its head, every time we're tempted, every time we fall, every time we we stumble, we can tell that sin, we can tell that rebellion, we can tell that humanity, I don't belong to you anymore. I've been set free. I'm not a slave anymore. I don't have to obey you anymore. I have a new master. I have a new king. I've come into the kingdom of life and grace and out of the kingdom of sin and death. We know, verse 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. Now listen, again, what's true. If you've died with Jesus and you've been buried with Jesus, then what is true of Jesus is true of us because we are the body of Christ, right? We have become the body of Christ. And so what's true of Him is true of us. 
He will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, so you. That's what's true of him. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We're done, right? We're done. And so this is what I want us to walk away with this morning. I am no longer a slave to sin. I was thinking about that this morning as I drove here. Every time I drive on any road around here, there's, there's a lot of athletic people, aren't there? And they're, they're out jogging and half of them aren't wearing enough clothes. And, and you're tempted. I'm tempted. We're tempted to look, aren't we? And we remind ourselves, I don't have to look. I'm not a part of the old humanity anymore. I don't have to think like the old humanity thinks. I don't have to think like I used to think. I don't have to think like I thought yesterday. I don't have to think like I thought a month ago. I am a part of a new humanity in Jesus. He is the new Adam, and I am a part of a new creation. And I'm no longer a slave to sin. You don't have to watch that. You don't have to look at that. You don't have to say that. You don't have to participate in the things you used to participate in or do the things you used to do. You don't have to be the person you used to be. The world says you're a sinner. And Jesus says, not anymore. The world says you're just a human. And Jesus says, no, you're something more. You're empowered by the Spirit of God. You're forgiven. You're set free. You've died. And you're out of that kingdom. And you've been raised to walk in a new life, in a different kingdom. Now again, doesn't mean we've achieved perfection yet, does it? But every time we stumble along the way, we can say, this doesn't define me. This is not who I am. I don't have to stay this person. I can walk in newness of life. He'll go on in verse 12 to say, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. You don't have to obey sin anymore. I'm tired of Christians believing the lie that we're stuck. We're not stuck, are we? I've seen lives transformed and so have you. You've seen people die to that old humanity and nearly miraculously be a different person. It's not an overnight kind of a thing. Sanctification takes a while. And the Lord is working on us, isn't He? But it begins with the knowledge, I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. I hope that this afternoon and tomorrow morning, And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, those of us who have died with Jesus through baptism, we will get up, and we will walk along the way, and we will lie down, and we will remind ourselves, I am no longer a slave to sin. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that hasn't yet died to come out of the kingdom of sin and death and be raised up to walk in newness of life been raised up as a part of the kingdom of life and grace and forgiveness. If you haven't made that choice, what are you waiting for? Forgiveness is yours as a gift through Jesus Christ. Take advantage of it. Take it 
lay hold of it and walk in newness of life. Or maybe we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten that we're no longer a slave. And maybe we've submitted once again to the law of sin and death and we need to be done with that. If you need prayers or encouragement, you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You need to put Jesus on in baptism for the first time. We are here for you. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We're in this together. And those of us that are in Christ Jesus can confidently say, I am no longer a slave to sin. Come forward as we stand and sing so we can help you.